The Twins fall to the Rangers in the series opener down in Arlington. Interesting game. Let's talk about it on today's episode of Locked On Twins. You are Locked On Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And welcome to the Lockdown Minnesota Twins podcast. Today is Friday, July 8th. I'm your gracious host, Nash Walker. Hey, Twins fans, you're going to love this. Today's episode is brought to you by the Sports Card Investor app. Welcome to the world of trading cards reimagined. Stay tuned later in the show for more information on this awesome new tool for collectors. You're going to want to check out the Sports Card Investor app. Again, this is Nash Walker. Been covering this team on a daily basis for Lockdown Twins. This is my third season doing so. And my fourth season writing about the Twins regularly in their minor league affiliates at twinsdaily.com. And I'm coming to you after the Twins lose to the Rangers in Arlington in game one of this series, six to five. I'll say right off the bat, this is another close game. The Twins play a lot of close games, don't they? I mean, every single day feels like a close game, close game, close game. Somebody commented their last like actual blowout where they were blown out of a game was the Jose Barrio start in Toronto, but that was... I mean, weeks ago, weeks and weeks ago, they haven't been blown out in a game in a long time. It's not, no, I'm not saying moral victory. They didn't get blown out tonight. A loss is a loss. They've just played a lot of close games this year. It's an observation. Uh, They could have won this game. I feel like I say that about a lot of twins losses. Sometimes they show up. They just get beat by a good pitcher. Like Tuesday, I think Tuesday or Wednesday, Corbin Burns is going from Milwaukee. If Corbin Burns goes seven and strikes out the twins 11 times and keeps them down for two hits, I'm going to say, well, you know, the Twins got whooped by Corbin Burns, and that sucks. And, you know, I'm not going to say they should have won that game. The reason I say they should have won the game tonight is because Carlos Correa hits a two-run homer. They take a 2 to nothing lead. They take a 3 to nothing lead, and they didn't build on it. And they left too many runners on. They left too many runners in scoring position. That lasted throughout the night, and they scored five runs. But they get to the fifth. Sonny Gray combusts. And we've seen this a couple times from Sonny. When you have somebody who is reliant on location and movement like Sonny Gray, sometimes he's going to combust in innings. And he's done it in his career. It's not the first time it's happened to him. He just fell apart. And Corey Seager was coming up. Sonny couldn't throw strikes. I certainly didn't trust him against Seager a third time through. One of the best left-handed hitters in baseball when he's right. Seager hasn't had a great year. But you can see why he's one of the best left-handed hitters in baseball because he took Caleb Thielbar deep in that at-bat. Rocco Baldelli looks out there. He thinks Sonny Gray doesn't look good. And, you know, this is a tie ball game, essentially. And you have Corey Seager. This is a big at bat. There's two outs in the fifth inning. This could be the game right here. Guess what? It ended up being the game. He pulls Sonny Gray and he looks in his bullpen. This is just a this is a wonderful example of the bullpen sucking, of just the the, the arms back there sucking. He looks in his bullpen and he goes. I'm going to go to my best left-handed reliever here. It's Caleb Thielbar. And he goes to his best left-handed reliever, and he probably gives up a three-run home run to Corey Seager. That's a game-winning home run. Um, I mean, what do you want Rocco to do there? I've And I've been on Rocco. Like, I haven't said he's been very good recently. I said he made a mistake going back to Pagan. He's made mistakes. But what do you want him to do? Do you want him to go to Giovanni Moran? No. Do you want him to go to Yuan Duran in the fifth inning? No. Do you want to go to Emilio Pagan? No, Tyler Duffy, no. What do you want him to do? 
I think that's the right move to go to Thielbar right there. You get the lefty-lefty matchup, and he can try to beat him, and he just he he didn't. And it, it, Twins reliever didn't do his job. It's easy to look at Rocco and be like, wow, he should went to Thielbar. He's got a 550 ERA. Thielbar's got to do his job. Like These pitchers need to make pitches, and this bullpen stinks. It's the same story, and it's really annoying to just keep having to talk about it. But it's it's yes, it's two things, and I've been clear about that. Baldelli has made mistakes back there. And the bullpen sucks. Both things can be true. And they both are true. I didn't think going to Thielbar there was a mistake. When I think it's a mistake, I'll call it a mistake. I will say, I think that was a mistake. I think that was the right move to go to Caleb Thielbar right there. Thielbar's just got to make a couple pitches, and he's got to get that out. And if anything else, don't give up a home run. Like, don't hang a curveball on the inner half of the plate. It's just ugly. These guys are not executing. And I think Caleb Thielbar has pretty good stuff. And I think he can be a good left-handed reliever and actually has been. People forget Caleb Thielbar, very good left-handed reliever for the Twins. 2020-2021 combined, like a solid, should be your second lefty out of the pen. And he was with Taylor Rogers, but a solid left-handed reliever. And this year, just the ERA is not there. He's given up big hits. He's given up home runs. He's had some good outings stretched together, but he's so buried right now that it's going to be hard for him to ever have an ERA below four for the rest of the year because he just doesn't pitch enough for that to happen. Uh, but he does go to, you know, he goes to Thielbar a lot because he's the best lefty in the pen. He's really the only lefty in the pen because Giovanni Moran is actually better and has been better in his minor league career against right-handed hitters because of his changeup. And he doesn't really have, you know, a plus slider to get lefties out with. And Thielbar does, and he has a curveball, and he can go up in the zone with a fastball in the mid-90s. So you go to Thielbar there, and you hope that he gets the out, and it didn't work. I will say the Twins offensively, they could have scored eight, nine, ten runs in this game. John Gray wasn't very good. I mean, they got to John Gray, and he made some pitches, and he's tough. You know, he throws 97-98 with a good hard slider. He was a free agent I thought the Twins should go after in the offseason. He was pretty good, but he wasn't great. I mean, the Twins could have gotten to him. They did score five runs off of him, and they had chances in the later innings. And Angel Hernandez screws them out of a rally in the ninth. I don't want to blame Angel. But who knows what happens if Byron Buxton's at first base with nobody out in the ninth inning. Could be a whole different story. Just really wasn't the Twins' night. And it could have been. It just was not. I want to tell you about Sports Card Investor. And then we will talk more about this game and look forward to the rest of this series. We'll look at the spreadsheet as well as we approach the All-Star break. Welcome to the world of Sports Card Reimagined. The Sports Card Investor app is the hobby's most powerful resource. Quickly check the value of your favorite cards. Find great deals and profit from the hobby you love. Available completely free in the Google Play and Apple App Stores. The Sports Card Investor app is a must-have for baseball fans. Go to Sports Card Investor. It is outstanding. Download the Sports Card Investor app today. Available for free in the Google Play and Apple App Stores. Or go to sportscardinvestor.com slash locked on. You can pick up breakout stars or prospects debuting. You can check the value of or find great deals on their first cards, nostalgia and old players go back in time and see how much your favorite old cards are worth today. Download the Sports Card Investor app today, available for free in the Google Play and Apple App Stores, or go to sportscardinvestor.com slash locked on. Let's look at the spreadsheet, folks. Nastrodamus is what they call me. And the spreadsheet is plus one after a series win in Chicago. The spreadsheet had the Twins losing two out of three. If you're unaware of what the spreadsheet does, before the season, I have not altered this at all. This has stayed in line. Before the season, I made a spreadsheet with every twin series, mapping out how they can get to 90 wins. And right now, it is a game ahead of the projection. So 
if they played it out the rest of the way, they would finish with 91 wins essentially on the season. So they can, you know, they have a game in hand. I do have them taking two out of three from Texas. So they could lose that game and go back to even right away. I have them sweeping Milwaukee in a two game set, maybe unlikely at home. And then I have them splitting with the White Sox 2 2. But if you split with Milwaukee and then you take three out of four from the White Sox, it's even up in those two in those two series. And I, I haven't been perfect at all, but overall the spreadsheet is plus one. And you'll notice I have the twins at 52 and 42 at the all-star break, which I think is attainable. Um, they have a little work to do on that front, but I think it's attainable. And I think well, I have to go five and three. I have to go five and three to be 52 and 42 at the break. I think being 10 games over at the all-star break is a pretty good outcome. I always talk about this and like, it's hard to remember because this division sucks so bad. And the twins in the scope of the league are probably a slightly above average team, but in the American league central, you know, they're eight, nine games above 500 because they've benefited from the American league central. There's no question about that, but I will say like, they haven't played the Royals very well. They haven't played the tigers very well. They haven't played the guardians very well. They beat up on the white Sox, and that's helped their four games above 500 against the white Sox. But, um, they haven't played the division very well, but I do think there's a there's an advantage to the schedule overall. It's just a lighter schedule, and I think ultimately the Twins will benefit from the division by the end of the season. It's it's hard to it's hard to remember, but I remember sitting here, and let's go back to the lockout. I'm sitting here in the middle of the lockout, and I'm saying, you know, this I don't know if this Twins team is is going to try to compete this year. Like I was almost. I wasn't certain, but I was leaning toward the idea that they would be not competing, that they would not make any big moves. They'd only sign Dylan Bundy, and then they get Correa, and then they get Sonny Gray, and then they make the Donaldson trade that's worked out really well so far. And they're cooking. You know, they extend Byron Buxton before the lockout, and they come out, and I still thought on opening day, like, I don't know if this team can compete with the Chicago White Sox. And if you sat here with me right now and you said the Twins will be six games up on the White Sox on July 8th. I'd say that's great. But because I know how we got there, the Twins should be nine or 10 games above the White Sox. The Sox lost again tonight to the Tigers. The Guardians lost to the Royals. This division, and the Guardians are now below 500. So the Twins are now the only above 500 team in the division. It's so bad. Like the Guardians, I've said it. I think they have a good young nucleus. I think they're going to be good in the future. And I think they're going to be a threat because their farm system is very good and very deep. Right now, I think they're not, you know, a playoff team to me. They're a borderline playoff team to me. And you could say the same, I guess, about the Twins, but in the scope of the American League Central, they've been the best team in the American League Central this year. The White Sox are so disappointing, so massively disappointing and bad. <laughs> like you watch them and they don't they can't win. Like they just have so much trouble winning these games. I still think they're a very talented team. I'll continue to say that. And you want to get eight, nine games up on the White Sox because they're talented enough to make a run in the second half. But they're not like a conjoined team right now. They're not a winning team. They're certainly not a winning team. They're losing to the Tigers at home. And credit the Tigers. They've won six in a row. I actually think the Tigers and Royals are better. And I think like, I think the Royals and Tigers are better than their perception. I think the Royals bullpen, they have some guys who can throw smoke, but has been bad. And I think their lineup is pretty decent. And I think the Tigers have a really good pitching staff. They have one of the best bullpens in baseball. And when they're healthy, I think they're going to pitch among the you know best in the league. But their lineup just hasn't gotten it done. And I actually think their lineup is a little bit better than it's given credit for, too. And, and I think Javi will improve in the second half. So I think those teams are actually better than their perception. They're not good teams. Definitely not. And I think the Guardians and the White Sox 
are, you know, mediocre teams right now. They're about mediocre. And the Twins are above, like, slightly above mediocre, right? But they've had a good year. They've had a good first half. They're in first place. They can't control who they play. It's just hard to get really excited, I think, for Twins fans because they're not pulling away. Like, they're not taking advantage of opportunities. They're not beating the, they're not sweeping the White Sox. You know, they're not finding a way to win this game tonight and and gain another game on both the Guardians and White Sox. It's just kind of you're stagnant. And they are four and a half games up on the guards and they're six up on the White Sox, but they're not taking advantage. And I think that's why it's hard to get super excited about them because if they can't take advantage of the American League Central, how the hell are they going to win in October? And I think that's totally fair. And ultimately, they'll need to make moves at the trade deadline. I do want to talk about the deadline. I want to update on the deadline in our final segment today, and then we'll preview a little bit of the rest of this series. First, from the people who invented Healthy and Tasty comes the latest gift to your taste buds. You've probably tried the amazing Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar, but guess what? Your friends at Built have given Coconut Brownie Chunk the Puffs treatment. That's right, the Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar flavor you love in a deliciously chewy marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. It's like a fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness, but stop drooling and listen. They're good for you. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and all delicious. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15, delicious coconut, rich, sweet brownie, creamy marshmallow. Stop fantasizing. Get to Built.com to order your box of coconut brownie chunk Built Puffs right now. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com. So the trade deadline, well, it's clear the Twins need at least one high leverage, big time, preferably right-handed reliever. That much is clear. And they'd probably need two. I think you need a eighth, ninth inning guy and like a sixth, seventh inning guy who you think has some upside in the future. Or maybe, you know, even if he's a free agent after this year, you think can just be a reliable, you know, 320, 330 ERA in the seventh inning for you as a right-handed reliever. They need one of those guys. And they definitely need someone to pair with you on Duran in the back of the bullpen. A couple examples. Jorge Lopez, we saw for the Orioles, is fantastic. And I know Byron Buxton took him deep. And then Jose Miranda walked him off after Jorge Polanco took him deep. But his stuff is, is outstanding. He's he's controllable, though. He's going to cost a lot. He's probably going to cost, you know, in the ballpark of a mid-rotation or a front-of-the-rotation starter at the deadline. So you have to consider those things. There are a lot of relievers, but a lot of the good relievers are in the American League Central. And if the Twins want to stomach an in-division trade and they have a partner, you know, someone like Michael Fulmer or someone like Gregory Soto, I think totally makes sense for the Twins. Somebody like Josh Stamont totally makes sense for the Twins. Um, But those guys are controllable too. You know, a fair amount of those guys are controllable. So it's going to be interesting. I think the one-year deal guys, the impending free agents will definitely be highly sought after. Your Daniel Bards, you know, your David Robertsons, we keep hearing about these guys, would be good additions for the Twins. And they got it done at the 19 deadline with Sergio Romo. And they went out and got Sam Dyson and ended up sucking in more ways than one. Sergio was good for them in the second half of 2019. So they got Romo. I think you need a Romo, like a Sergio of 2019, who was like a solid seventh inning reliever who can get righties out at a super you know, efficient rate. You need a Sergio. And I think they were hoping Sam Dyson would be their late inning reliever because they were in a similar spot in 2019. It wasn't this bad because Duffy was great. And Trevor May was getting great in the second half. And Taylor Rogers was amazing. It wasn't this bad where they had like one legitimate reliever and then like a sixth, seventh inning guy in Griffin Jacks. But they're in a similar spot. They need to go out and get a Romo of 2019, a seventh inning guy, 
and then they need to go get somebody who can close games or somebody who can set up for Yolanda on in the eighth inning. It would be so awesome if you could have like an actual hierarchy in this bullpen and not just rely on Yolanda on, you know, to get outs in the sixth, seventh, eighth, no matter what inning, like it would be great if they had enough good arms back there where you are saving Yolanda on indefinitely until you really, really need him. And you don't feel like you need to go to him in the seventh inning in the middle of, you know, middle of a lineup. It's going to be great. And hopefully it will be great when they acquire some relievers and you don't have to feel that way. They're going to have to hit on these relievers. They hit on Romo. They didn't hit on Dyson. That's a great example in 2019. And they're going to need to make similar moves and hit on both of them. And if they can shore up the back of this bullpen, if they went out and got Jorge Lopez, made a splash and got Jorge Lopez and then traded for, you know, a middle sixth, seventh inning guy who can get some outs, I would say that the bullpen is not healed. They still need guys to step up. You know, Thielbar's got to be better. When Joe Smith comes back, he's got to be better. Tyler Duffy, Pagan, they all have to be better. And Duran has to stay healthy. But it's much improved, and you feel much better about it if you have Lopez and Duran in the back end and you have a reliable seventh-inning guy you trade for as well with Griffin Jackson in the mix. You feel much better about it. And you have a good offense. And your rotation is, is giving you a chance to win a lot of games. I still think they need a frontline starter. The Twins failed to add another frontline starter. Sonny Gray didn't look like a frontline starter tonight. I think this year he will be you know, a, a solid number two. When you look at his numbers at the end of the year, if he can stay healthy, I think you'll say, oh yeah, he's like a number two in a rotation. Joe Ryan is pitching like a number four right now. So you absolutely need a frontline starter. They did not go get a frontline starter this offseason. So they need to continue to try to fill that hole. The problem is there's not a ton of those guys available. Frankie Montas has a shoulder problem. Tyler Malley has a shoulder problem. Kyle Hendricks has a shoulder problem. You're basically Luis Castillo or bust, and you're going to pay an arm and a leg for Luis Castillo. I would love Luis Castillo on this team and in this rotation, um, but I, I think I would honestly prioritize the bullpen. I think I would, I would rather you know, spend and focus my resources on the bullpen because it's the one thing right now that is costing you so many games. But if you like a package and the Reds are on board with a package for Luis Castillo – Bang, you pulled the trigger on that yesterday. I'm excited. We're going to have a lot of trade deadline coverage coming up, not just here, but Brandon Warren and I on Locked On Sports Minnesota will be breaking it down. My broadcasting season is coming to an end here, so I will be full in on the second half for the Twins, and I can't wait. Thanks for making Locked On Twins your first listen every day. They'll make your second listen Locked On MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Thanks again for listening. Let me know what you think in the comments. I'll be back Monday, and I'll talk to you then. Thanks so much. Go Twins.